maybe, maybe longer than that. I think this is a very important message. We are called to watch out. And um, I want to I just tell you that in our world right now, there's a lot of things to, that can lead us away from Jesus. And, uh, and, you, and you probably see them. But, uh, you know, it's really easy to recognize someone who opposes the Christian faith, isn't it? Isn't that easy? Right? But what about not only those people who are deliberate and outspoken? I don't know if you know someone like that. Maybe. But how do you recognize someone of the Christian faith who's leading people away? Like, there's a big danger in that. And in this series, we're talking about living ready for the coming of Jesus, living ready for Jesus to return. And we, church, have got to watch out for false teachers and influencers, Christian influencers in our world who've wandered from the truth. Because if we don't, we might just be the ones to follow them into their heresy. And so I'm going to allow uh, John Christ, if you know who he is, he's a comedian, he's going to give us kind of what that might look like in our world today. So let's take a quick look. Tired of the Bible not meeting your needs? Want the scripture to better revolve around your lifestyle? Well, you've heard of the YouVersion Bible app, introducing the Me Version. Feel free to read the Bible without having to feel convicted. My favorite verse in the Me Version Bible is Matthew 7, 1. Thou shalt not judge. Unless they voted for a different political candidate. Other favorites include, therefore, if a brother has sinned against you, post about it on the internet. And ye are without sin, so cast all the stones you want. Thanks, Me Version. This is great. Don't like something? Change it yourself. Me Version is the world's first editable Bible. All your favorite verses just updated to reflect modern life. Like, give us this day our daily gluten-free bread, and I will deliver you into the land flowing with almond milk and ethnically harvested honey. Finally, a Bible that justifies my lifestyle, not the other way around. Most read passages include, before you check the speck in your brother's eye, remember that you do not have a plank in your own eye. And forgive us our trespasses, as we literally never forgive anyone who trespasses against us. Tired of feeling guilt? Enter areas that you struggle, and we'll remove those verses completely. The Bible says all scripture is God-breathed, and useful, and useful for taking out of context to justify your actions. Thanks, me version. I wish I would have known about this sooner. The Me Version Bible app turned the truth into your truth. Available now in the App Store and Google Play. It's only funny because it's not funny. It's, a, you know, every little bit of parody reflects reality, doesn't it? And the challenge is, and I, I love what a lot of what John does, is he'll take things that, um, He'll turn into comedy things that when you really stop and think, you go, wow, you know what? This is what's happening all around us. And so uh, we're going to look this morning at, at how we watch out. And we're, we're in Second Peter. We're going to go to chapter 2 here this morning. And I, I want us to learn how to watch out for those who pretend to be preaching the gospel or pretend... Maybe, maybe they believe that they're following Jesus or leading others into Jesus, but what they're really doing is leading people astray. And it is critical that the church in these times understands how to spot those who are false, how to spot those who have wandered away and are pulling people actually away from the truth of God's word, maybe to suit their own convictions, their own needs, their own feelings, and their own circumstances. But that's not how we follow Jesus, amen? We follow Jesus, we follow God according to his word. And so when we take the word and we decide to edit out, then we've got issues. So we're going to go through Second Peter. 
I'm going to preach on the whole chapter. I'm not going to read, on the, read the whole chapter. And so I'm going to read portions of it just so we can kind of gather the main idea of it. But feel free to read the whole chapter yourself uh, this, this week if you go through it and review your notes. Uh, you can follow along here in our Abundant Life Ordering Church app. We have notes on there for you if you'd like to follow along with those today. Second uh, Peter, we'll start with verse 1. But false prophets among, arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. I'm going to just read portions of these next several verses, and then we'll, we'll go from there to verse 9. For if God not, did not spare the angels when they sinned, and then in verse 5, if he did not spare the ancient world but preserved Noah, verse 6, if turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, and in verse 7, if he rescued righteous Lot, now let's go to verse 9, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. Amen? And to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme against the glori- blaspheme the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, did not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheme about matters which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction. This is not a light word. We're going to jump to verse 17 and read these last few verses. These are waterless springs and mist driven by a storm. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice sensual passages of flesh, those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they are themselves slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. There is much more here to go through. There's a lot in this. I read this a lot of times this week, but I I believe that there's a message that is very clear that Peter is giving in this book. Next week, we're going to talk about the day of the Lord and and when Jesus comes back and what that looks like. In this book, he is very concerned about the church of Jesus. He's very concerned that if we don't pay attention, that we will fall to a pseudo-gospel, that we will fall to a version of the truth. And he says, you've got to watch out for these people. You've got to watch out for these people. And uh, my wife asked me this week, she goes, are you going to call them out by name? And I said, I don't don't think so. But maybe there are people, and maybe it'll slip out of my mouth. We'll see at some point. Um, But there are people, prominent pastors, prominent Christian influencers, authors, writers, social media influencers who are giving a version of the truth that isn't the truth. And so we've got to pay attention. So let's figure out who it is that we're watching for. I want you to be able to, to spot this. Who are we watching for? And so, like I said, we, we often focus too much of our attention on who is opposing us. But that's the easy, that's the easy find. That is the easy find. You can probably all think of someone. You probably know 
that they're, you know, an athlete, a celebrity, that's not hard to find, a coworker, a friend or whatever, who's most opposed to your Christian faith. They're not hard to find. They're very outspoken sometimes about it. And hopefully you're not taking spiritual advice from those people. That would be the hope. If, you, if you're taking spiritual advice from people who clearly oppose Jesus, we got to rewind and that's another whole sermon, okay? But we should be able to clearly see like these people are against the way of God and we aren't taking advice from those people. But Peter tells us here that there's actually a bigger problem than that. Someone more dangerous, I believe. Someone who appears to follow the truth but is leading people astray. See, notice that Peter opens with this word. He says, just as there were false prophets in the past in Israel, just as there will be false teachers. There's a very important word here, he says, among you. False teachers among you. Not false teachers out there. He's saying they are among you. They are part of, they consider themselves part of your faith. Now, has anyone ever played the game Among Us? Anyone? Come on, where's all the teenagers in the room? All right. See, there's a vice principal right there who is in touch with his students right there. <laughs> among Us. It's a social game, all right? So Among Us is played like this. It's, it's basically... Players have to figure out who in the group is the imposter. So you play with your friends, and one of you is assigned to be the imposter. And to put it nicely, the goal is to eliminate all the other players in the group without being discovered. So you have this imposter. They're tr you're trying to figure out who the imposter is and eliminate this imposter. But the imposter is trying to eliminate everyone else before you figure out who he or she is. And that is the goal of the game. Now, it's just a simple game. You play it on your mobile phone. And, you know, whatever. It's a, you're just trying to figure out the clues and the mysteries, right? But here's the problem. This very thing is happening spiritually in our world right now. It's very real. It's happening spiritually in our world where there are imposters in the faith. And if we follow them, then we end up being eliminated and we need to pay attention. So who are they? In the book of Jude, uh, verse 4 Jude 1.4 says, For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. If you read the book of Jude, Jude goes into a lot of detail as well on this topic. It says that they have slipped in among you and they are ungodly and they pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality. Do you, do you know why God poured out his grace? Does anybody know? Do you know why he did that? He did it to rescue you. He did it to free you, to redeem you from sin. This is why God poured out his grace. If you've never experienced the grace of God in your life, today is a great day to experience the grace of God in your life. That when you look at your past that is riddled with failure and mistakes and shame and all the things, that the grace of God says, I am going to redeem you from those things, and today you're going to walk forward in life with me in a new way, in freedom from your life. I don't know about you, but I want freedom in my life. I want to live a life with Jesus that is free from sin, that is free from darkness, that is free from these things. And so this is why the grace of God was poured out. It says that he sent his son, Jesus, to come and to die for us so that we might have life. And this is the grace of God, a free gift from God. 
But it says that these people that have slipped in, these false teachers that he's talking about, it says that they are using the grace of God to justify their sin and their darkness. Well, you know, it's okay. God's a loving God. He'll forgive me. It's, it's not a big deal because God just loves. It's, it's okay. I can do what really I want. It's okay as long as eventually I turn back and say, oh God, I love you and it's going to be okay. I believe in you. And, and we have this weak faith. And here's what I need you to know when we're watching out for these people. We need to watch out for people who have turned God's grace into a license for immorality. You have to watch out. And if you pay attention, you can find them. They'd say, this is the grace of God, and we need to have grace, and we need to have love for people, and yet they want you to participate in what God's Word says is sin, what God's Word says is immorality, what God's Word says leads to death, Watch out for people who use God's grace as a license. Because if you will pay attention, what you'll discover is the heresy in their beliefs. You'll see it in their life choices. You'll hear it on their podcasts. You'll read it in their books. They've watered down God's truth for their own convenience. Church, if you begin to water down God's truth for your own convenience, it's not going to go well. It's not going to work out. You cannot really live the way that God has you to live. You aren't going to experience the fullness of God in your life if we take God's word and the truth in it and water it down for our convenience. So this is who we're watching out for. We're watching out for those people, and you can spot them. You can spot them by how they act. You have to maybe look a little beyond the surface. But you listen to these people, and all of a sudden they're, they're telling this message and they love Jesus, and all of a sudden you hear this shift, and you're like, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure God's word is clear on this subject. And you realize that what they're doing is based on their own convenience, they have turned God's grace into a license for immorality. So let's, let's figure out what they're saying. Because here in our, in our Bible, here in 2 Peter 2, he actually tells us what it is that they're saying to us. And now you might have to translate. This was written a little while ago, a little before we were all born. 2 Peter chapter 2, a couple thousand years ago. But here's the deal. We can translate it into our current culture. We can say, okay, if this is kind of the stuff that's being said, what would that look like today? There's two words that stand out real prominently in this chapter. And those two words are heresy and blasphemy. Ever heard those words before? Heresy and blasphemy. Let me break down what those mean, okay? Heresy is this. It's, it's an opposing opinion to what has been regarded or established as truth. That's what heresy is. So in, in biblical terms, if there is something that has been regarded or established as truth, God's word, for example, heresy would be an opposing opinion to what God's word says. But this word heresy in the original language in the Greek actually has another inference to it, and, and that's a little more dangerous than just an opposing opinion. See, heresy is also the act of taking captive. So there's something deeper spiritually that's happening. Deception takes people captive, and it leads them away from God. So that's what heresy does. It leads people away from God, not towards Him. So that's what this is. That's, that's the difference between heresy. Now, blasphemy is this. Blasphemy is not necessarily an opposing view of God. Blasphemy is speaking irreverently about God in a way that trivializes his deity, trivializes who he is as God. So you have two different things here. Okay, Heresy would be untruth, and blasphemy would be saying, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, he's God, but I mean, what can he really do to me? I mean, that's a dangerous statement right there. 
right? Because we'll stand before him someday. So blasphemy is minimizing God's power, minimizing God's authority, minimizing spiritual things, it says here, that they don't even understand, minimizing them to nothing. It says that they denied Jesus. That's Jude 1.4. And then here in 2 Peter verse 1, 2, 1, it says, and they deny the master that bought them with a price. What he's saying is that they don't understand that they have at one point surrendered their life. They've said, I believe in Jesus who gave his life for them. And now they're denying the very sacrifice that Jesus made for them. They're denying the truth. They're denying what it is that God has said through the heresy and the blasphemy. Now, here's what I need you to know. First of all, have you seen this in your society at all? Have you seen this in your culture? Have you seen it? I mean, is this, is this something you've never seen? Have you anyone noticed that there are people who claim to be Christians who are speaking maybe an opposing opinion to what God's Word says is true? Has anyone seen that? Have you ever seen anybody that is, they say they're a Christian, but really, you know, God's just kind of my buddy and he's my friend and he makes me feel good. And that's about it. Have you seen that in your culture? Okay. So this isn't new to us. Okay. So if we rewind back here now a couple thousand years to second Peter and we say, okay, well, this wasn't new to Peter either. This wasn't new to this church. We look all the way back to Jeremiah 23. This is way back in the Old Testament Verse 16, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. This is so important. Listen to this. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says you will have peace. And to all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, they say no harm will come to you. You just, you just live. What does that sound like to you in your culture today? You know, just try to be a good person and you'll be blessed. It's going to be all right. Or, or maybe, and this was popularized by an author who is, who is a pastor still to this day, somehow uh, wrote a book and said something like, you know, God's just too loving for anyone to go to hell. In fact, I'm not sure that's even real. Why would you say that? You, we say, that, well, you know, this, that part of the Bible doesn't really apply anymore, right? And I'm not just talking, they're not just saying this about the Old Testament, they're saying this about the New Testament, about the words of Jesus and Peter and Paul. They're saying, no, I don't know, it's an old book. Or maybe things like, you know, God just wants you to be happy. God, that is, that is what... That's one of the biggest heresies. God, is, God just wants you to be happy. Now, God wants to fill your life with joy and freedom and peace as you surrender to him and as you seek him. They say lots of things that are either bad assumptions about God or they're excuses to get out of living according to God's word. And so here's what I'll tell you the next thing I want you to watch out for. Watch out for people who guarantee the blessing of God without having to live the way of God. That they preach a gospel that says, you're just going to be blessed. It's just going to be great. You just, God just wants you to be happy. Just follow your heart. Just follow wherever it leads you. Just love whoever you want to love. Just, just do whatever you want. Whatever makes you happy, you just go for it. Because God's going to bless you. He just loves you. He just adores you. There's one truth in that. God loves you. That's the truth I hear. But then there's other things in that statement that is so untrue. That we just do whatever you want and God will bless you. Do you see that in Scripture anywhere? 
That is not the message of the gospel. You see, Jesus said really hard things like, take up your cross and follow me. That's a hard thing. Can you imagine being one of his disciples? They're like, yeah, Jesus is awesome, and there's miracles, and there's power, and there's authority, and take up your what, a cross. That's where they get kill people. You want me to die to my own desires and my own sin and my own flesh and follow you? What? That's not what. That's not the. No, I just. Come on, I just want to do whatever I want and be blessed. Like that's the gospel. Yeah, no, that's not the gospel. See, Jesus preached a hard gospel, and so watch out for people who go and they preach messages that guarantee that whatever you do, whatever you choose in life, God's just going to bless it. You just do whatever you want. You know, you just follow your dreams. He's going to pour out so much money on you that you won't be able to do anything about it. You, you watch out for those people. You watch out for those messages that just promise all of these things so out of context to what God's Word says. This watered-down gospel will never lead people to life. It will lead them to confusion. And what we have in our world right now, and what you are coming up against as you go out into your world to tell people about who Jesus is, as we as a church, we go out and we evangelize the world, and we go into all the world like the Bible tells us to. You're up against something. You're up against a watered-down gospel that people have believed that I just have life because I just think, you know, God's cool. And I believe in God, so I'm good. I pray sometimes. And what they mean is when someone, you know, they almost get in a car accident, they say, oh, God, and that's their prayer. That's not a prayer. Well, it could be a prayer. <laughs> it's better than other things you could say when someone almost runs into you. But see, this watered-down gospel and this, these false teachers and influences in our culture, what has happened is they haven't led people to life. They've led them to confusion. So you come along to preach a gospel, and they go, oh, yeah, I already got that. I already believe that. And they've been led to confusion, and their lives reflect they've departed from the truth. So this is what they're saying. They're saying these things to us. Now, how do they act? I think there's another way. We can tell these people by not just how, what they say, but also by how they act. And he gives us some things here in the text. It says that they're led by the flesh. This is out of verse 10. In verse 10, he says, they indulge in the lust of defiling passion. Literally, that means they indulge in the flesh and its corrupt desires. So what does this lead them to? It leads them to lust. It says it leads them to adultery. It leads them to an appetite for sin. And you can just keep adding to that list. They're led by the flesh. This is a masquerade of freedom, but it's actually bondage. They're masquerading that they have freedom. They, they want to portray that they are just living this free life, but truly inside, they are in bondage. They are in turmoil inside. Listen, you, you can hear people all the time that have millions and millions of dollars. I'm just so happy I do whatever I want, and they are dying inside. And it's a masquerade. They're living by the flesh. It says also that in verse 10 and 11 that they reject God's authority. It says they despise authority and they blaspheme the glorious ones. See, what's happened here, what he's telling us is that they've completely eliminated any spiritual and godly authority from their lives. It's completely gone. They, they, re, they regard no spiritual and godly authority at whatever in any place in their lives. And what they see is that they have a disdain for the things of God. 
Even if they claim to believe in the principles of Jesus, they don't submit their lives to the authority of Jesus. They might believe, oh yeah, Jesus was a good person and, and I should do that. And you ever talk to someone, you try to tell them about God and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I know the Ten Commandments. I don't do those things most of the time. Like that's not the gospel of Jesus where, where you just kind of think, oh, I believe in some principles. No, you got to believe in the authority of Jesus in your life. And so what happens is the way they act is they act like they live, like they have no one to answer to. They've got no moral standards. There doesn't have to be a standard for me. I'll do what's right. Don't question if my, I'm doing the right thing. Don't question my integrity. And there's this defensiveness. So don't, don't tell me I'm not. Don't be so self-righteous, Christian, that you would say that I'm supposed to do these things. I know what God would tell me to do, and I know what's right. Or maybe even more dangerously that's worked its way into the charismatic church is you don't have to tell me what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit told me it's okay. Yeah. You need to get your hearer turned on. Tune into the right radio station. Because the radio station I listen to with the Holy Spirit also aligns with the Word of God. Because the Spirit of God is not going to give you permission or ask you to go do something that is opposed to the Word of God. This is the Word of God was God breathed. It says in His Word that, that men wrote the Word as they were carried along by the Spirit. So it's the Spirit of God who breathed the Word of God. And so it's ridiculous to think that we can say that the Holy Spirit gave me permission to do the opposite of what the Holy Spirit said to do. It doesn't make sense. All right, it also says that they are bold. Have you found this to be true? Boldness. The word here in bold in the Greek is also translated as daring. It's someone who just pushes the boundaries. Pushes the boundaries, and they start pushing subtly, but it becomes loud as their boldness grows, and they don't care if you like it. They're going to shout it from the rooftops. You might hear some things, oh, you're so old-fashioned. This is how depravity has gained so much traction in our society over the last 10 years. Because sin is boldly disguised in acceptance, in tolerance, in love, and in emotion. And it started subtly, but there is an agenda that has become bold to lead people away from God, and it is loud and it is in your face. And it is not just propagated by those who oppose the way of God, it is pushed by those who say they believe in the way of God. Boldness. And then it says they are willful. This isn't just strong-willed, this is self-willed. This, this word willful means to be self-pleasing, governed by what I want, immovable from my position. This is my will. This is my deal. And even worse, this word means arrogance. So if you would hear your life to the word of God, they would tell you, you're, you're, le- you're, you're inferior. You just haven't arrived spiritually to the place that I have arrived in. There's an arrogance in this. You, you, you live in a world that even among those in the faith who are leading people away from Jesus will tell you, Christian, you're a bigot, you're a hater, you're on the wrong side of history. Even Christians will say this, and they have arrived, they have accepted what is now the relevant thing. And it's an arrogant attack on the truth. And this arrogant attack justifies the depravity. You got to watch out. You got to watch out for people who champion sin and call it empowerment. Oh, watch out. 
Watch out for people who get behind sin and they champion it. Yes, this is the way to go. And they, well, I'm empowered. I am empowered. I am free. I am, I am proud. This is how they act. And the worst part is it is championed by people who claim to follow Jesus. So church, watch out because there's consequences for that. There's consequences for championing sin and calling it empowerment. There's consequences for guaranteeing the blessing of God without living the way of God. There's consequences for living a life where you use God's grace as a license for immorality. So what are those consequences? Because I believe these consequences are so important. And there's not just consequences for the false teachers. There's consequences for those who follow. But for the false teachers... And I I want us to not just be angry at them, but to intercede for them. Because there's real consequences. Not only in the here and now, in the here and now, the consequences is they're really living in bondage and they probably don't even know it. It says here that they promise freedom, but they are slaves of corruption. That's what it says right out of the text, verse 19. They live their life in chains under the influence of the evil one. On the outside, they portray happiness, but on the inside, there's torment, there's pain, and there's confusion. And that's just in the here and now. The scripture is very clear in 2 Peter. It says it so many times, over and over. Reserved for them, it says, is destruction. Reserved for them is judgment. Reserved for them is punishment. It says that the Lord hasn't forgotten how to punish the ungodly. He, he, he doesn't, he hasn't, ah, how could I do that? How could I come up with that? No, he hasn't forgotten, which means you don't have to because he's got it covered. Has anyone ever like treated you unfairly or falsely accused you or whatever, the, whatever it is that they've done and you've been, it's been injustice? Listen, God knows how to take care of injustice. He has got it covered. And coming in the days to come, And when Jesus returns, there will be destruction and judgment and punishment. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and keep the righteous under punishment until the day of judgment. It also says, for them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. They will stand before the Lord. Listen, they will answer not only for their sin, but they will answer for the people they led astray. And I say, God, have mercy on their souls. We should be praying for these people. Not, we should be praying, God, I pray that you would silence them so that they would stop leading your people astray. But God, I pray that you would rescue them from the darkness that they may not even know that they're in. Because there is consequences. And there's not just consequences for them. There's consequences for those who follow them. The first is that when you follow them, you find out that it's just a bunch of empty promises. That's all it is. It says here that there's no life found. They're waterless springs, it says in verse 17. What is a waterless spring? It's like going to the well and saying, I'm so thirsty. Yay, there's a well. And you pull up the bucket and there's no water. You got your hopes up for nothing. This is going to be great. This looks so great. And it's, it's a mirage. There's no water there. It's a waterless spring that there's nothing to drink from. Your thirst is never quenched. It says that you will be pulled into sin. You'll be pulled into sin. It says that you will, I believe it's verse two. It says that many will follow their sensuality. Many will follow them. Sadly, many will come. Many will be pulled into this and you become entangled and overcome. Just because, you know, it sounds good. And then it says that you'll be exploited, actually, as well. 
Their intention is never to help you, but to exploit you. Oh, come on, they just want to help me. They, just, they say, I just want to set you free. I want you to be able to think outside the box. I want you to be able to get past this old-fashioned Bible, and I want you to understand the truth. And they want to free you from religion. And what they're doing is not freeing you from religion. They're exploiting you to get more numbers on their side, to get more money, to get more power. That's the real goal behind all of it. There's consequences this is not new. Paul predicted this. He told Timothy, he's mentoring a young pastor named Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.3. And here's what he says. Timothy, a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And church, it's happening right now in your world. Where we now have a culture and an environment where people just say, just give me the version of the gospel that's convenient for me. I, I don't know. I don't want to hear that stuff. I don't want to go to a church that, that preaches that hell is real or that there's eternal consequences for actions. I don't want to hear that because that's too, I just want to feel good about myself. Just give me a teacher that's going to tell me what my ears want to hear. Convenience, a gospel of convenience. We need to pay attention because it's happening in our world. You might have people that you've followed or that you've listened to. I want you to begin to pray and say, God, would you show me? Would you show me? I, I hope at this church, I am so committed to teaching the truth of God's word, and I hope that you go look it up for yourself and make sure I am. I got people to tell me if I won't. I have accountability. But you could do it too, right? And, and I don't mean go along and say, I don't know, that just didn't feel very good today. I don't know if I liked that message. It didn't make me feel happy, right? That's not what we're looking for. We're saying, God, we want to align our lives fully to you. Live a life according to your word. And so church, we have got to watch out. We've got to be on guard. If you've got people, I'm telling you, you've got to unsubscribe, stop following, get rid of the book, stop watching that YouTube channel, whatever it happens to be. If there is a version of God that does not align itself with the way of God. You got to watch out. Don't just try to say, well, there's a few, you know, I listened to the message and yeah, there's a lot in it that's really not, but there's a few good things they say. You know, you can find a few good things in another message somewhere else that's completely true and not deceptive. Watch out. If you want names, I can tell you I'm not going to say them on the, on the recording, <laughs> but I got a couple I'm thinking of right off the top of my head. And actually, some of these people actually were people who gained an audience and a Christian, a Christian audience when they were speaking the truth, and then they, they went off the rails somewhere. And Christians are like, oh, I'm so, I mean, they're still funny. I'm still going to follow them. They're still enjoyable to read. And, and there's a point at which we say, you know what? I'm not going to put up with this. I'm not putting this into my head. I'm not putting this into my heart. I'm not putting this into my life. I got to watch out. Because we are living in the times where we have got to be ready for Jesus. And we don't have time to mess around with a partial truth. We don't have time to mess around listening to people who are pulling us away from the way of God. And when you talk to someone and you tell them about Jesus, and they say, yeah, I'm listening to so-and-so. See, I almost said a name. I'm listening to so-and-so. And you know, you've already vetted that person. I say, you know, can I just tell you, like, maybe, can I give you someone else to listen to? Because that, that, there's some issues there. 
and you, you help lead your friends and your family back to where truth is. Go listen, go listen to podcasts. Watch other preachers on YouTube. Like, fill yourself with the Word of God. Do it. It's great. We have so much access to God's Word, and it's good, and it's also dangerous at the same time. Because we have so much access to great teaching, to, to reading the Word of God, but we've got to make sure that it is true. Amen? So would you stand? I want to pray over you this morning. I don't have a big altar call for this message unless, unless you're preaching the false gospel to people, then maybe the call is to come repent. But may, I don't think that's any of you here. I do believe that there's a practical walking out, that the altar is going to happen when you get in your car and you go home. And that's where the altar happens is when you say, okay, God, give me the wisdom and discernment to weed these things out. And so I want to pray for you this morning. Now, you're welcome to come forward for prayer. If you are new here and you didn't know this here at Abundant Life, you're, we have people on our ministry team that would love to pray for you. And they actually will pray for you about things that were completely unrelated to today's message. Just because we believe that God calls us to approach Him. And so we're here to partner with you in prayer. If you've got anything going on in your life, we want to pray for you today. And it's not scary. They're standing up here over on the sides out of the view of the key. You won't be on the camera or anything like that, right? We live stream, but just say, I need prayer for something this morning. They'd love to pray for you. All right, let's pray this morning. I want to pray over you of this message. So Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to watch out. I pray that you would open our eyes to see, Lord God, those who are leading others astray. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to recognize the teachings of those who are false teachers. Lord, we come before you. We repent right now, Lord God, for being pulled into any message that is contrary to your word. For pull, being pulled into a message that just feels good or, or sounds nice. Lord, we want to live our lives according to your word. Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other but you. And so, Lord, I pray for your church this morning that you would pour out discernment upon us. Lord, that we would be able to tell the difference between what is right and what is wrong. That we would have a discernment to know what is the truth and what is a deception. What is the full truth and what is a partial truth. Lord God, I pray you'd give us wisdom, Lord God, to see the difference. And Lord, I pray that you would give us strength and courage and boldness today. Lord God, to persevere, to live the way of God, to not buy into a watered-down message, Lord God, but that we would follow the truth of your word and that alone. And so, Lord God, give us strength. I pray for your church, the true church of Jesus Christ, to rise up in these times as we live ready for you, Jesus, that we would not settle for anything else but truth, Lord God, that we would not tolerate, Lord God, a message that goes against your very heart and against your very standard, Lord God. So, God, help us to watch out. I pray that you would reveal and expose, Lord God, those in our culture and our society that are leading others astray. And Lord God, we pray that you would come and that you would get a hold of their soul, Lord God. That Holy Spirit, that you would convict them, Lord God, that they would turn from their ways. That they would repent, Lord God, and that you would rescue them in their darkness and in their bondage, Lord. Lord, let us be a church that watches out as we prepare to live ready for you, Jesus. You are the only one. You are the only way. 
You are the only truth. Will you just say that? We say, Jesus, you are the only truth. Thank you, God. We follow you. Let's respond in worship this morning as we close.